Good evening. We're going to meet three good people tonight. It is probably the case you've met these three people before. Even if that is true, it will be valuable to meet these three people again. Aquila, Priscilla, and Apollos. They demonstrate good attitudes and behaviors for our learning, our admiration, and our imitation. Acts chapter 18, 24 through 28. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. So here is this man, Apollos, of the Jewish race from Alexandria, with two important skills. Eloquence, and with that, a good knowledge of the Scriptures. In the English Standard Version, competent in the Scriptures. With him, I'm going to say, his two best friends, Aquila and Priscilla. Apollos comes to Ephesus, becomes acquainted with these two Christians. They provide for Apollos exactly the counsel and instruction that he needed in this very early stage of the proclamation of the gospel. Apollos was now able to use his eloquence and his competence in the scriptures to refute powerfully unbelief showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Three good people, and still today they can help us understand ourselves, better ourselves, and become better engaged as God's people. Five observations about Apollos and this circumstance in Acts 18 Deliver the truth to us for good self-examination. He was knowledgeable. Verse 24, he was mighty in the scriptures. English Standard Version, competent in the scriptures. Today, we would probably say it like this. Here's a man who knew the Bible. 
Apollos was a Jew born in Alexandria. What may help us here is some background. It is my understanding Jews who were raised in this Egyptian city were generally very highly educated. Historians estimate at the time of Apollos about one million Jews resided in Egypt. Alexandria was an important center of academic learning. You may remember the Old Testament had been translated from Hebrew into Greek in Alexandria. The Jews had built an enormous synagogue community there. Alexandria was the second city in rank in the Roman Empire and had the distinction of being the seat of academic learning. Jewish students received a thorough education if they lived in Alexandria. But while all of that is historically true and played a role in terms of opportunity, being born in Alexandria did not infuse knowledge into Apollos. Having access to books and classes and teachers will not in itself train or educate or make wise. Apollos had to apply himself. He took initiative. He took the time to read. He probably got up early and stayed up late with his studies. And as he pursued his education, his primary object was to become knowledgeable in the scriptures. Now, that doesn't happen just because you live in a certain place. It doesn't happen just because you're enrolled in a certain course of study. Knowing Scripture is the result of personal determination, discipline, and devotion to the author of Scripture. And it requires much time and effort. The rewards of such work are so valuable, so abundant, and so satisfying, there is no regret about the investment of time and mental energy. I've known a number of elderly people who have studied the Bible for a lifetime. Not in a single case have I heard the testimony of one of those people saying, well, I regret all that time I wasted with the Bible. I have yet to hear such a testimony. So I want to encourage each of us not only to read Scripture, but to spend time focusing on what it means, seeing connections in the text, discovering truth that maybe you've missed before, learning more about God, becoming closer to Christ, and being challenged to take all that learning into your life day after day. Apollos was knowledgeable. He was teachable. Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. There was something Apollos didn't know well yet. 
He listened. He was teachable. And because of that good and honest heart, good heart soil, he was able to begin his preaching in line with truth and reality to become even more powerful. This couple, Christians, took an interest in Apollos that was sincere and active. You know, they could have said nothing. They could have stood up and humiliated Apollos for his lack of accurate, full knowledge. They could have marked him as a false teacher in front of others and then dismissed him without saying anything to him in terms of what he needed to know. They did not take any of these immature approaches. They went directly to Apollos. They taught him something he needed to know. And the outcome was good for everybody. And as we will observe later, it was pleasing to God. Not everybody who is knowledgeable is teachable. Here's what I mean. Some students at a certain point in their education, in their learning may arrive at a place of arrogance that their teachers didn't intend for them to arrive at, that they had no good view of when they started their studies, but it happens sometimes. Some students who are skilled academically at a certain point in their education, without monitoring their attitude, can arrive at a place of arrogance where they think and may say I'm at a point where nobody can teach me anything anymore and when a student reaches that point of failed attitude and arrogance they shut themselves off from future learning and they lose their effectiveness as a teacher the old familiar expression is a know-it-all attitude. Sometimes people who acquire vast amounts of information fall into a pit of ignorance because they decide they know it all now. Not Apollos. Though knowledgeable, he was still teachable. And you know what that exhibits? You know what that shows? It shows humility. It shows that good heart soil, as the parable says. And along with that, a healthy willingness to stand corrected. We all need that. A healthy willingness to stand corrected. Something every one of us ought to have and maintain. No matter how much information we've been able to take in. How much we remember. How much scripture we can quote or we've memorized. Our imperfection. Our capacity to make mistakes. Our personal tendencies toward pride and prejudice ought to be confessed as long as we live. If we reach a place in life where we are so stubborn 
We cannot accept correction. We are no longer teachable. You know what that is? It is decay of character. Decay of character. And it is not compensated for by all the previous accumulation of knowledge or all the degrees that are on the wall. Apollos was the kind of person we should seek to be today. He was knowledgeable, but also in in spite of all that knowledge he'd accumulated, still teachable. And along with that, he was approachable. Here is a test of personal humility. Would you let someone take you aside? I've been taken aside several times, and I confess, at first, it is unsettling. And if you're not careful, there is a tendency that must be suppressed to be immediately defensive. I believe Apollos, though knowledgeable and eloquent, carried himself with people in such a way that he was approachable. And I need to inquire of myself, do people feel free to approach me? How do I carry myself? What is the message of my demeanor? What's the message of your demeanor? 1 Corinthians 10, 12 tells us, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. I should be constantly aware I can be mistaken. And I can be wrong. And I can sin. And I can forget stuff. Whoever the fellow was who made the slides for tonight messed up. He forgot something. Now whoever that is, whoever that is, he needs to be approachable about that and he needs to watch himself the next time I make the slides for Sunday night. It could be some of the most valuable things you learn about yourself you learn in the context of criticism. Mark Roberts and I have spent a number of years training young preachers. And this is something we have to say to them every single year when we do that session. If you automatically refuse all criticism and correction, you may shut yourself off from one of the greatest resources of growth and edification available. Apollos was knowledgeable. He was teachable. He was approachable. And he was immovable. I'm turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I'm going to read the final verse in 1 Corinthians 15. Listen to this. And then I'll talk to you about it for a moment. The final verse in 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 58. Therefore... My beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that 
in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. This is from Paul's well-known passage, affirming the resurrection of Christ and connecting that truth to our assurance. Christians are people who are rooted and grounded in the faith and we keep that faith and we grow in that faith and we are determined that nothing will move us away from Christ who was raised from the dead and is at the right hand of God. The idea is being solid, steadfast, not occasionally, but it says here, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, when you go back to Acts 18, find verse 28, where it says that Apollos, after being corrected and given full knowledge, Apollos, after that, now including the full truth of the gospel, it says he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing that the Christ was Jesus. The work he did required not only knowledge, but firmness of conviction, courage, and courage under fire. Apollos was immovable. And he was immovable not because he was educated in Alexandria, not because he was a good public speaker and debater. He was immovable because he personally believed and practiced what he preached. Jesus is the Christ. He really believed that. With all his heart and his preaching and his living was based on that immovable commitment to Jesus Christ. You know... You can be eloquent and knowledgeable, but movable, subject to compromise, leading to temptation, and leaving the Lord and His work. See, it takes more than eloquence of speech and knowledge. It takes personal commitment. I tell you this, sadly, if you could look behind the preacher's doors, in some cases... You would be disturbed by how they live. There are men who are tremendous public speakers. And they know the subject well, but in the discipline of life, they do not really know and are not really committed to the author of Scripture. There are preachers and teachers and elders so weak in their character, the devil has been able to move them. Move them away from the Lord into adultery or dishonest gain or some other kind of wickedness. Now, though we are disturbed about those falls from the faith, we are encouraged by the example of Apollos and men today who are like him. And there are many Christians today who show the same good traits as Aquila, Priscilla and Apollos. Paul said, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Knowledgeable, 
teachable, approachable, immovable, therefore accepted by the Lord. Everything that we know about Apollos, everything in the account leads us to believe the Lord accepted the life of Apollos through the cleansing blood of the Christ he preached. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians. We have some follow-up about Apollos. And it's easy to remember. It's in 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 4, 6. That's the follow-up about Apollos. 3, 6. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. 4, 6. 1 Corinthians 4, 6. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written and that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against the other. Now what does this tell us? Paul and Apollos preached in Corinth working together as moved by the Holy Spirit so that people in Corinth would hear the gospel so that Christians would know how to live. Paul speaks with commendation of Apollos. And when this testimony is added to the Acts 18 account, there is every reason to believe this man's life and work was accepted by the Lord. Knowledgeable, teachable, approachable, immovable, and so by faith in Christ, acceptable to the Lord. Finally, I want to make this comment about Aquila and Priscilla, and this may someday become another sermon altogether. Leadership, leadership doesn't mean getting people to follow you. Leadership in the context of biblical truth means helping and teaching people so that they follow the Lord more closely. Aquila and Priscilla didn't want Apollos to follow them. They wanted Apollos to have better knowledge to follow the Lord. Their purpose was not to create a separate group, but to lead Apollos to teach and follow the Lord more closely. So there are three good people we meet in this context. And these are valuable points of self-examination for everybody up here and out there. Am I seeking to be knowledgeable? Am I humble enough to be teachable? And do I convey to people in my demeanor that I'm approachable? Am I in the activity of my faith strong and immovable? All of this is known by the Lord. And I know that each of us want to be acceptable to him. Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus... He was an eloquent man, competent in the scriptures. 
He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. When he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that the Christ was Jesus. Apollos greatly helped those who believe through grace. I hope we are acceptable examples of what Apollos and Aquila and Priscilla exhibit as written in Acts 18. Let's be standing as we sing.